and welcome. This is a late night recording edition of Talk the Plank, a Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch going solo tonight. And uh, yeah, I'm just here and we're going to be talking about the Pirates and the Dodgers. And well, things went just about as expected in this series. The Pirates were swept by the Dodgers. The Pirates are now 42-79 and 79 on the season. They're on pace for 56 wins, which if you have that over 59.5 win total, it's sweating time now. Um, the Pirates lost all three games pretty, pretty easily. The first two games... I'll admit uh, there was a chance for the Pirates in game one specifically. The Pirates had a one to nothing lead going into the bottom of the seventh inning, but uh, two home runs from the Dodgers gave them the lead. They won game one, two to one. And in game one, uh, Stephen Brault pitched really well. Um, it was really nice to see a Pirates starter do well. Five and two-thirds, three hits, four strikeouts, just one walk, 76 pitches. Probably could have went longer. He ran into a jam into the sixth. Uh, Derek Shelton decided to pull the plug, get Nick Mears in there to finish the inning. He did, but uh, Brault may have had another inning or so in him. That said, still, uh, still pretty fresh off the injury. I believe that was his third start of the season so 76 pitches it's not not the end of the world um Stephen Brault looked really good though unfortunately the two lefties that came in um Anthony Banda and Jason Shreve each gave up home runs to left-handed hitters who were Zach McKinney and Max Muncy uh Max Muncy torched the Pirates all series long Dodgers won that game two to one um offensively not a lot going on for the Pirates. Six hits, one run, absolutely zero power. Uh, just one double in the ninth inning by Yoshi, the new Pirates. He had a pinch hit double in his first Pirates at bat. But uh, yeah, game one was not not too great. Probably the best game they played, but uh, the Dodgers took care of business. Game two, another one run game. Uh, the Dodgers won this one four to three. And just looking at it here, Will Crow got the start for the Pirates, and it was an extremely Will Crow start. Just the slowest of pace. He only went four innings. He threw a ton of pitches, 85 pitches over four innings. But he kind of kept it together, only gave up two earned runs on five hits, struck out four, walked two. It was a struggle for him. All start, all four innings that he pitched, uh, he ran into trouble, I believe, in every inning. He No, he had one, one, two, three inning in the fourth, but uh, the first three innings ran into trouble, struggled. Cody Ponce came in, and, um, well, Cody Ponce has an 834 ERA, and uh, he gave up two earned runs in his two innings. Jason Shreve pitched a scoreless inning, as did David Bednar, but uh, the Pirates lost 4-3. to three. And offensively for the Pirates, um, Colin Moran, nice 
nice single in the ninth to perhaps give the Pirates a chance. They did threaten in the ninth, but they couldn't come through. And then in the fourth inning, the Pirates scored two runs on a Brian Reynolds double. Brian Reynolds just continues to be the shining light of this team, uh, hitting well over 300, slugging well over 500. He is far and far and away the best pirate this season and the best story for the pirates this season in terms of you know players that are going to be around in the future and contribute brian reynolds has definitely made his mark after you know he was really good in 2019 struggled last season in the season that doesn't count but this season he's been really great this game though tonight um this is where you kind of expected what you saw the dodgers won nine to nothing JT Brubaker got the start for the Pirates, and JT Brubaker has been really, really, really bad over his last, I believe, eight to ten starts or so. Uh, In this one, four innings pitched, gave up eight hits, seven earned runs. He did strike out six and walked just two, but the big thing with with Brubaker has been the long ball, and he's given up three more tonight. Um, two to Max Muncy, one to AJ Pollock. This game, this was really never a game, honestly. The Dodgers got out to a 3 nothing lead in the first inning, thanks to a first-inning Max Muncy home run. Um, Brubaker has been really, really struggling lately, and it kind of brings up the conversation of what should the Pirates really do with him for the rest of the season? I mean, he has just been that bad. Um, As good as he was over the first few months of the season, he's been even worse um, over the past, since the beginning of July, basically. I'm looking looking on Twitter right now, and uh, there was a stat here. Let's see. JT Brubaker has given up 28 home runs on the season. That leads the NL. That is not very good, and a lot of those home runs have come since the beginning of July. It's at the point now where Brubaker is arguably the Pirates' worst starting pitcher in the rotation. He might be worse than Mitch Keller at this point right now. Um, So, like, what do you do? Maybe perhaps a phantom IL stint is coming. Give him some rest. Perhaps they just shut him down for the whole season. That was mentioned on my timeline a little bit as I was watching the game. Um, The thing is, though, I don't know. I'm not ready to jump ship on JT Brubaker as a pitcher. He has shown a lot of positives this season. Um, And obviously he's not an ace. He's probably not even a middle of the rotation guy, but I think he can definitely be a back end starter and an innings eater over the duration of over the duration. Sorry of his career. I just think it's all it's the train has gone off the rails for this season. Um, and he's just he's just really really been terrible, but I, like I said, I'm not ready to uh, I'm not ready to jump ship on JT Brubaker moving forward into the future. I still think he needs to be a part of the 2020 
22 uh, rotation. I think he's probably still locked to be a 2022 member of the starting rotation. Uh, but, you know, he struggles in the first inning. He has a 7.77 ERA in the first inning this season. And uh, he's allowed 12 first inning runs in his last eight starts. That's Alex Stumpf on Twitter. He had that. Um, I'm just looking here. He's just, he's just, he's just giving, he's not missing bats. The thing is with him, his strikeout to walk ratio is pretty nice. And the home runs, it's honestly, I would say it is, it's definitely not, um, it can't continue. The home run rate in which he has been suffering cannot continue. It's, it's absurd. And he's just been pretty unlucky. I mean, there's no, it goes without saying he's been giving up meatballs after meatballs, but even sometimes the meatballs get hit for flyouts. You know, sometimes it's a line out, a ground out, whatever out you want to call it. Sometimes the hitter misses good pitches to hit, but it seems like with Brubaker, hitters are just punishing him more and more. And um, it's really been a struggle to watch him and, We'll see. We'll see if he makes his next start. I would imagine he will. But if he goes on the IL for any reason, I wouldn't be surprised either. You know, Chad Cole is set to return here soon. Perhaps uh, that is the swap, Chad Cole, for Brubaker. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, He has... He's it's it's just been a complete 180 with Brubaker and I hope you can turn it around. But I think I think now is the time to give him some sort of rest and, uh, you know, maybe remove him for from the starting rotation for at least some time. I don't know if moving him to the bullpen is the answer. I don't know if putting him on the shelf is the answer, but. It's kind of hard for me to imagine him being trotted out there every fifth day with what we've seen over and over again for a month plus, six weeks plus at this point. So I hope Brubaker gets it together. But for now, I think it's time to uh, not let him start, to be honest. That's that's my take right there. Um, just want to point it out that uh, today is Roberto Clemente's birthday. He would have been 87 today. so. Happy birthday to the great one, Roberto Clemente. I saw on my Twitter timeline earlier today one of his famous throws where, you know, it's a ball that's hit down the right field line, bounces up against the wall, and from the warning track, he throws a laser beam, one hopper to the catcher on a line. The ball has so much carry, and the ball was thrown so hard that I have to say for the catcher to catch it on a bounce, that in itself is a difficult task because it came in with such velocity. And uh, Roberto Clemente, I mean, words can't describe the the profound effect that he had during his life. And uh, I just wanted to wish him a happy birthday. Looking around in the minor leagues here, um, Henry Davis, number one overall pick for, for the Pirates. This past draft in June, 
We mentioned last pod that he was called up to high A Greensboro. And looking at it now, he hit a home run yesterday. He hit his first single A home run. He's looking really nice. And speaking of him, MLB Pipeline dropped their midseason top 100 prospects list. And the Pirates were represented five times. Um, I'm just trying to pull up the list here. I know Henry Davis is number 23 on that list. He is the highest rated Pirates prospect, according to MLB Pipeline. I have to say, it always comes with the caveat that all of these lists are different. They don't really mean that much in the grand scheme of things. But, I mean, a list is a list, and this list was dropped, so I kind of want to go through the Pirates here. Like I said, though, Fangraphs is different from MLB Pipeline, which is different from Baseball America, which all of them are extremely different from what teams actually think about their players and other organizations' players. That's why teams trade for players that you think, oh, they could have gotten more, or wow, they really gave up a lot. Teams have their own rankings, and uh, that that just has to be said. But Henry Davis, number 23 on the list, and then I'm trying to find it here. Where is this MLB pipeline list? Um, give me one quick second as I find it. Nick Gonzalez is also on the list. Here we go. Henry Davis, number 23, then Quinn Priester. He's at 53, so two in the top 50-ish. O'Neill Cruz, 57, Nick Gonzalez, 68, and Leaver Paguero rounds it out for the Pirates. He is at number 94. That's five in the top 100. And they also dropped their top 30, basically, for uh, the Pirates as a whole. And I have the top 10 right here. Henry Davis, one, Priester, two, Cruz, three, Gonzalez, four, Paguero, five, Rosie Contreras, who is set to be coming back soon, I hope. He's number six on the Pirates list. Anthony Solomedo, the draft pick, uh, the second rounder this past year. Number seven, Bubba Chandler, the right-handed pitcher slash shortstop. We'll see what happens with him. He's at number eight. To Capita Marcano, the main piece received in the Adam Frazier trade is at number nine. We should be seeing him up in the major leagues here at some point, I would guess, um, infielder for Indianapolis at this point. And then number 10, Carmen Mulzinski. Mladzinski, sorry, I can't read names. He's at number 10. He was a draft pick last season as well so i mean you look at it with uh it's always fun to talk about like how good was the system when neil huntington left it to where you know how good was it how good or bad was it for ben sherrington when he took over this job well you look at the top 10 here um there's only one two there's only two neil huntington 
players in this top 10. Granted, they are two and three, and they are a huge part of what this rebuild may or may not be in Quinn Priester and O'Neill Cruz. But you look at it, that's still only two players out of the top 10. And uh, once again, that is an MLB pipeline list for the Pirates, their midseason rankings. But it's good to see. It's good to see Henry Davis raking. Um, I will say I'm excited with the pop. He definitely has a lot of power. But one thing that does worry me just a little bit is the movement in his swing, in his load. Uh, He's kind of a big leg kick guy, which that's fine. But his hands, they move. You know, it's funny. He was kind of compared to Kyle Schwarber as the best hitter in college coming out of the draft. Both played catcher coming out of the draft. Hopefully, in Davis's case, he sticks at catcher. But swing-wise, too, I would say both are kind of similar. Davis, of course, is from the right side, and Schwarber is from the left side. But both kind of have a rhythmy type swing with the leg kick, with the hands moving in, then up into their load, and then they have powerful swings. Um, I mean, if if uh, Davis can stick at catcher and give you Kyle Schwarber-like uh, production at the major league level, you would consider that a win every day of the week. But Schwarber did have some strikeout problems, does have strikeout problems, does kind of go into some slumps at times. Although when he's hot, you saw it this season, he hit what 18 home runs in like 16 games or something crazy like that. So Schwarber definitely is a really, you know, he's an above average hitter. He's, he's good, but um, you're hoping Henry Davis can, can kind of go along that path and, Hopefully the movement in his swing isn't too uh, isn't too crazy to where it it becomes a problem. We have a speaker request right here. It's Trevor. Trevor on Talk the Plank. We're talking some Buckos Dodgers. Trevor, what's what's going on? Do we have Trevor here? He's in the room here on Spotify Green Room. Trevor's on the stage. It doesn't seem like he wants to really say anything. So, uh, sorry, Trevor. I wish, wish, wish we could have gotten you here. But yeah, this is Talk the Plank, episode thirty-nine of Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch, solo tonight. Do we have Trevor? Trevor, what's going on? He is on mute. I'm here, Trevor. You. How's it going? How are you tonight? Good. We wouldn't have all these uh, home run uh, statistics if they'd quit using steroids. Well, that's that's uh, that's definitely a thing. Uh, the home runs have been up over the past few years, but I don't know if it's because of steroids per se. I feel like they kind of nipped that in the bud in the early 2000s, but the, the approach – that hitters bring to the box is definitely a big thing with the strikeouts, the walks, the home runs, the less balls put in actual play. It is, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's a bit harder to watch the game. I would say now than it has been in the past, but, uh, 
You don't like all the home runs? Well, I, I do. I just don't think it's fair that I know for a fact they may not be using steroids that people are familiar with, but there's all kinds of chemicals that they could take that aren't being tested for yet. And well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would agree that, uh, you know, athletes today in general are stronger and more fit. And it's a, it's a 24 seven, 365 type deal when you're, a, when you're a professional athlete. So I, I see that, but uh, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a decent point to, to where there's, there's definitely things that are being used now that probably, probably aren't being uh, tested for, but I think the big, the bigger problem with all the home runs, which I mean, you could call it a problem. You could call it whatever you want is the fact that these, these players, they just, they sell out for the home run. There's, there's no contact hitters anymore. There's no slap hitters. Adam Frazier for the pirates. He is kind of an anomaly. He's not on the pirates anymore. Former pirate now a Padre. There's not a lot of Adam Frazier's anymore. And it's actually funny because you look at a team like the pirates and they don't really have any home run hitters at all besides Brian Reynolds, who by season's end, I don't think he's going to reach 30. I think he'll probably be in that 26 to 28 type range home run wise. He's going to lead the team by a lot, but uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely not a, a lot of power on the pirates, which as someone that talks about the pirates, I would like to see more power, but there are a lot of home runs, and you saw that definitely in the game tonight with the Dodgers and the Pirates, where the Dodgers hit four home runs and the Pirates hit none. And that's why the Dodgers won nine to nothing. So and you look at you look at these home run totals. Uh Max Muncie, he is now at let's see, twenty-eight home runs. He's probably gonna finish the season well above 30 and he may even touch 40 I doubt it I don't know we'll see but that's just one example AJ Pollock who doesn't have a full season's worth of at-bats hit his 15th home run tonight uh Corey Seager hit his sixth he does not have a full season's worth of at-bats either the Dodgers though they, they just have players galore up and down that lineup. And it is actually kind of funny. You look at their lineup. Uh, Albert Pujols is hitting third. And he was borderline washed up for the Angels. And he was DFA'd. And it seemed like his career was over. Comes to the Dodgers. And he's not good by any means. Hitting 241, 290 on base, which is terrible. But he's still slugging 427. If you put... 427, if you put that in the Pirates lineup, that would be their second highest slugging percentage in their lineup tonight. That's even higher than Colin Moran, who Colin Moran has actually been hitting a little bit lately since his return from injury, uh, but he still himself is only slugging 426. So the power for the Pirates is it's lacking for sure, but I get your point, Trevor. Home runs are way up around baseball. And for whatever reason, I'm just going to turn my head. I'll just, I don't care if they're using whatever they may or may not be using. Um, I just enjoy 
seeing them, but not too many of them. And I do think it's a problem to, to which it's home run or bust. I don't want to see home run or bust. I like home runs. I'll be clear on that. I love seeing home runs, but I don't really like seeing home run or bust. All right, looking ahead to the Pirates schedule here. More tough action. The Pirates will be going to the Cardinals this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And um, the Cardinals, I would say, are in desperation mode. They are they're they have zero chance at the division. They're twelve games back of the Brewers for the division, but for a playoff spot, a wild card spot, they're still in the race. They're just four games back, and a sweep against the Pirates would really help them and probably propel them a few games up in the standings. They're only behind Cincinnati in San Diego, so it's not like there's a ton of teams they have to jump. So they are definitely uh, – this is a big series for the Cardinals, and um, that's going to make it hard for the Pirates to win games. Looking at the pitching matchups, ugh, Friday we got Mitch Keller going against Miles Mikolas. Um, Mikolas has not really pitched much this season. In fact, he's only made – one start this season, I believe, and in that start, went four innings, gave up three hits, one earned run. So, I I don't have the stats up, but I do believe he's had success against the Pirates. So, I guess that really doesn't matter considering the Pirates lineup now versus the Pirates lineup the last time they faced him. Vastly different, but in general... This will probably be a tough matchup. That's Friday night. Pirates are off tomorrow, and it's probably today, if you're listening to it, Thursday. But uh, that's the Friday matchup. That game's at 8-15. Saturday, 7-15, first pitch. We got Dylan Peters making his second start for the Pirates, and he was actually pretty decent in his first start. Um, got a loss, went two, four and two-thirds, though, and only gave up, I believe, one run. Yeah, one earned run. He gave up two total runs, one earned, but he will be facing off against Jay Happ, who Jay Happ faced the Pirates two starts ago, and he went six innings, only gave up one earned run against them then, and then if you remember earlier this season in May, I believe, Jay Happ almost threw a no-hitter against the Pirates. That was when he was playing for the Minnesota Twins, so Another tough matchup for the Pirates, although in general, Jay Happ has really not been good this season. He's 7-6 and six with a 6.03 ERA. The ERA is not good, so perhaps maybe cross your fingers. Maybe Rodolfo Castro hitting right-handed could get into one, hit a home run against Jay Happ, the lefty. Perhaps the Pirates can score some runs, and uh, Dylan Peters can pitch solid. Sunday, the day game. That'll be Stephen Brault again against Adam Wainwright. To Adam Wainwright, if you remember, just last week, he was phenomenal against the Pirates. Um, pitched a complete game. That was last Wednesday, a week from a week ago from yesterday. Pitched a complete game, only gave up two hits. The Pirates were just clearly outmatched struck out seven no walks only threw 88 pitches he was really really good and uh even in his last start 
Wainwright. He didn't get the win. He actually got the loss, but he still went six innings, only gave up two earned runs, and the Cardinals lost two to nothing. So the key to the Pirates for this series is that, you know, if you look at it, the Cardinals' offense really isn't that great, and their pitching actually isn't that great either. I mean, pitching-wise is actually – their pitching rotation kind of sucks, to be honest, the Cardinals do, and – their lineup, it's it's better than the Pirates, and their pitching is better than the Pirates, but the Cardinals really aren't that good. And the fact that they're 61 and 58, in my opinion, is uh sort of a miracle. But here we are. This is a huge series for them, though. And uh, I mean, it's tough. The Pirates have lost. Let's see. They've won one game out of their last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13, 14, 15. The Pirates have lost 14 out of 15 games, and they have the Cardinals now. And then, if you're keeping your eye on the Tankathon, huge series next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The Pirates host the Diamondbacks for three games, and you know, it kind of seemed like, I'll end on this, it kind of seemed like for a while the Diamondbacks, they were clearly in the driver's seat for the number one overall pick next season. That is not the case anymore. The Pirates are just two games ahead of the Diamondbacks in the standings, and the Pirates played the Diamondbacks once this season. They were swept for three games. Diamondbacks are 40-81. and 81. The Pirates are 42-79. and 79. Diamondbacks still have – no, they don't. The Diamondbacks don't even have the first overall pick anymore. It's actually the Baltimore Orioles who have lost – wait, where is it at? The Orioles have lost 14 straight games. I knew it was a crazy number. The Orioles are 38-81. and They currently have the first pick. Diamondbacks have the second pick. And then the third pick, it's the Pirates – the Pirates jumped Texas. Texas is 42 and 78. Let me see if Texas is playing right now currently. Um, let me see here. Nope, they're not. All the games have finished tonight because I don't know why I would, I would even ask that. It, it's uh, close to 2 a.m. Maybe they were in extra innings or something. But that said, the Rangers are... 42 and 78. The Pirates are 42 and 79. The Pirates currently have the third pick, and they are about three and a half games in front of the Brewers. I mean, sorry, the Orioles. Sorry, I was looking at the Brewers. The Orioles have the worst record in baseball. So that is that. We will be back. Not late night bucking. We'll be back Sunday, though, after the Cardinals and Pirates series. I believe Jake will be back with me then, and uh, we'll be talking some buckos. I will say it's been kind of fun talking some late-night buckos. Thanks to uh, our friend Trevor, who wanted to tell me about the steroids in baseball and the terrible, terrible things that are going on to cause these home runs. Um, Thank you, Trevor. I appreciate that. I appreciate your input. I appreciate anyone's input. Honestly, if you're on Spotify Green Room at this hour, kudos to you. Good content. 
Uh, I'm Nathan Hirsch. Follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch. Follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at Bucks Dugout. He's not here right now, but you can follow Jake on Twitter at underscore Radio Jake as well. Like I said, we'll be back Sunday afternoon after the conclusion of the Pirates Cardinal series. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the Pirates are going to take one of those games. They are. They're going to win one. I'm going to say it's going to be Friday night. Screw it. Mitch Keller is going to come out and shove for one time this season, and we'll be happy about it. And uh, probably not. We'll see, though. Thanks again for listening. I hope you all have a great rest of your day, and peace out.